So the world is full of false advertising. Products make outrageous claims and they can't, bake it up, they can't back it up and often they have to pay the price. Some of the more famous examples are camel cigarettes. You might recall in the 1950s and early 1960s, all their advertising claimed that every doctor in America was smoking camels for their good health. That turned out to be just a little bit wrong. A more recent example is Skechers Shape Ups. Do you remember these? These were the shoes that claimed that just by wearing them and walking around in them, you could get toned and fit in all the right places. Who would have thought a product pushed on us by Kim Kardashian would have been built on lies? Who would have thought? And this one surprised me. Frosted Mini Wheats, the breakfast cereal. Kellogg's was sued because Frosted Mini Wheats was making claims of its high nutritional value, although that, that shouldn't have sat well with anybody. Frosted Mini Wheats is like sandpaper coated in sugar. It, it has no nutritional value. It does nothing good except destroy your mouth. You need to see a doctor after you eat it. You know, many people look at the Christian scriptures and they see that it's just another thing filled with outrageous claims. And indeed, the Bible is full of massive, huge promises. For example, Psalm chapter 1, one of the, I would say, biggest promises in the scriptures is that human beings can attain happiness, blessedness, as the psalm calls it, and that the path to blessedness, a blessed life, is found by being deeply rooted in God's word. Blessedness is possible, my friends. It's all about being deeply rooted in God's word. And what I'm here to tell you today is, perhaps unsurprisingly, is that's true. And what I want to show you today is how you too can be transformed into a blessed person through the power of God's word. Now here's where we start. We have to start with a, a little bit of a foundational understanding of how the scriptures see the world. Uh, the scriptures look at the world and it sees something that breaks us down as human beings. But the word of God is what builds us up. From a scriptural perspective, the world breaks you down, but the word of God builds you up. Uh, the, the, the wisdom of this world is, is seen in the scriptures like a Reese's peanut butter cup. Reese's peanut butter cup is the best of all the candies, in case you didn't know it. But it truly has no nutritional value. If all you eat are Reese's peanut butter cups, that's it, without end, you will create problems for yourselves. And that's the scriptural view of the world. The world has some gems in it when it comes to worldly wisdom and insight. But you need something with more substance. Look again at the psalm. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Notice in this psalm that at each stage of this verse, the man gets slower and lower. He goes from walking to standing to sitting. The, the psalm is trying to tell us that from the scripture's perspective, the wisdom of the world, if that's all you have, if it's all you're filled with, will put you on a certain trajectory further from the ways of God and deeper into man's struggles. It'll get you further and further from that life of blessedness. And in my work as a pastor, I've found this to be true. 
I've, net, I've yet to met, meet a person whose, whose life has been filled to the brim to the point that there's no room for anything else, whose life has been filled to the brim with just social media, cable news, self-help books, and whatever streaming on Hulu. They've never come to me and said, you know what, my faith feels stronger now. I feel closer to Jesus now. No, if all you have is the wisdom and the entertainment of this world, if all you have, if that's it, people tend to come to me and say, that's all I'm filled with. My faith feels weak. I feel further from Jesus. And that's what the scriptures are just trying to tell you in verse one, that the wisdom of this world, if that's all you have, it's an unhealthy diet. It leads you on a downward trajectory. The wisdom of the world ultimately breaks us down. Those who want to be built up, they go to the word of God. The world breaks down, the word builds us up. Now, the question is, how do we get built up by God's word into someone who is truly blessed? Well, here's how, and I've got two things to share with you. And as per usual, you might look at these and say, well, those are really, really simple. They are, I'm just giving you exactly what the word gives to us in Psalm 1. So in order to be built up and filled with God's word and to be transformed into the blessed person as God designed, the first thing we do is we run to God's word. Look at Psalm 1, verse 2. But his, the blessed person's delight, is in the law of the Lord. Delight in this context means that which you run to. That which you run to for comfort, for peace, to regain your bearings, to get a sense that your world is right. What you delight in is what you run to for peace. And we all have something that we run to, something we delight in when life is difficult. That for some people, what you delight in, what you run to is a substance. You have a bad day at work and only a glass of wine or a few fingers of bourbon will cure it. Some people delight in people. Only your spouse can talk you off the ledge, or only a text from your friend can build you back up after a bad day. Some of us, we run to, we delight in certain experts. We have our podcast that we go to that helps us make sense of the world, or our political pundit on our favorite channel that, that helps us make sense of everything so, so that we feel that we have understanding and control, that we never miss it. And then there are some who delight just in themselves. When there's a problem, when there's an issue, they isolate themselves from others and they work the problem until they feel better. Everybody runs to and delights in something when it's difficult. And what the, the psalm is telling us is that the person who is being transformed into someone who is truly blessed, what they run to, what they delight in is the words and the truth that comes from God. Again, which is why it's important, we talked about this last week, that, that you have a copy of the scriptures that actually makes sense for you. That you, you gather underneath preaching that speaks to your heart and can, can stay in your mind and be with you throughout the week. That you have other resources for your life of following Jesus that are centered on the scriptures. And if you don't have those resources, we have a lot to suggest to you. If you go to our website, stmarkhouston.org slash resources, you can find a ton of things that we think will help you run to, delight in the word of God. So a couple reflection questions at this point. What do you delight in when life gets difficult? What do you run to, to get your bearings and to feel okay? And do you have the resources you need to run to and delight in God's word? And if the answer is no, what are you going to do about it?
So that's the first thing. We're transformed into truly blessed people as we run to God's word. The second thing is this. We are transformed into truly blessed people as we, as we dwell in God's word. Look at the second half of verse 2. It says this. On his law, the blessed person, on his law, God's law, he meditates day and night. When we think meditation, we tend to think in terms of Eastern spirituality, like transcendentalism. Eastern spirituality, meditation in particular, is all about emptying the heart and the mind. And there are some benefits to that kind of mindfulness and meditation, scientifically proven. For some of us, it's easier than others. It only takes me like two minutes to empty my mind, not carrying a whole lot around. There is some benefit to it. But you need to understand that when the Christian scriptures talk about meditation, it's not talking about emptying yourself. It's talking about filling your heart and your mind with something specific. In fact, the Hebrew word that's translated as meditation means to mutter or to mumble things quietly to yourself. When the scriptures talk about meditation, it's talking about taking the truths of God's word and dwelling on them to the point that they're on your mind, they're in your heart, and they're being mumbled under your breath as you go throughout your day. That's what it means. Closest analogy I can think of is when you get a song stuck in your head. I don't know about you, but that happens to me all the time. You hear some song, you don't even like the song, but it stays with you. And then before you know it, you're standing in the checkout line at HEB next to your spouse, and you don't even realize you're humming something until your wife looks at you and says, are you, are you humming Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley? And you're like, I think I didn't, I guess I am. Or middle of the night, you get up to go to the bathroom, you stop in the hallway half asleep, and you're like, we don't talk about Bruno. Where did this come from? That's what the scriptures are talking about in some sense when it talks about meditation. A truth gets lodged in your heart and your mind and it spins around like a song. You hear a sermon centered on God's word. You open up the scriptures and you read it. You, you work through a devotional that's, that's anchored in the truths of God. And you find something that resonates with you, that stands out with you, and you just let it sit with you. You carry it with you. You let it spin in your mind, stir in your heart, be mumbled underneath your breath. That's what it means to meditate. For example, for me, in Psalm 1, what sticks out to me, what I want to meditate on is that phrase that says he delights in the law of the Lord. Maybe it's just the way it rolls off the tongue. It's beautiful to me. He delights in the law of the Lord. But what I need to do is take that thing that stands out to me and just carry it with me throughout the day. Delights in the law of the Lord and wrestle with it. Delights in the law of the Lord. What's that mean? What's that mean for me? Delights in the law of the Lord. What do I delight in? Delights in the law of the Lord. Standing in line. Delights in the law of the Lord, saying my prayers, delights in the law of the Lord, stuck in traffic, delight in the law of the Lord. That's what it means to meditate. Now, in order to make space for this, to make space for your heart and mind to dwell on something so that you might mutter it and mumble it and wrestle with it throughout your day, you're going to have to push some other things to the side. As modern people, we have things before our eyes and in our ears and in our hearts and minds all the time because we always have some image, some sound, something that we're scrolling through. And our lives are packed with busyness. So in order to dwell on God's word, you're going to have to push some things out of your mind to perhaps rearrange your schedule to make space for God's word to get a hearing so it can get in here and do its work. And, and I'm as guilty as anybody else. 
Like in my house, I bemoan the fact that all the time I look at myself and I look around at my family and we're just always doing this on our phones, always. The other day, my son, I caught my son trying to take his iPad into the bathroom. And I stopped him and I said, son, you can't, you can't take your iPad into the bathroom. And this is what he said to me. He said, why not? You take your phone. I'm like, I said, well, that's different. <laughs> and this kid looked at me and he said, how is it different? And I said, because, because it's smaller. I don't know. I'm your dad. Smaller screen. It's acceptable. If, if we're going to make space to dwell on God's word, we're going to have to intentionally make space. So here's another reflection question for you. If transformation into the blessed life begins by running to God's word, making it something that you delight in over and above the other things you're tempted to run to, and you dwell on it, you let it sit in your heart and mind to the point that you're mumbling some of the things that stick out to you, what are you going to dwell on less so that you can dwell on God's word more? Is it less scrolling? Is it less podcasts? Is it less Dateline murder mysteries? Is it less texting? You and I don't have the luxury of just adding this in. We're going to have to push some things out first. As an aside, I would just say to this point that with all that's going on in the world right at this particular moment with Russia and the Ukraine, I've noticed a temptation in me, in my own family, and in the people that I, I love and serve here at St. Mark, that there is this temptation, temptation to doom scroll right now, to think that you need to be constantly aware of what's happening in our, in our broken world by constantly refreshing your Twitter feed or having the news playing in the background. And, and let me say, I, I think we, we of all people must be serious and engaged with what's going on, but no people are, are designed to be constantly aware of terrible and bad things. It is not good for your soul, it's not good for your mind, it's not good for your body. Be mindful of how much we take in of all that's going on. Be serious, be engaged, be prayerful, but make space to delight in and dwell on something bigger and better and more beautiful and more powerful. We run to God's word and we dwell on God's word. Now, the next question is this. Let's say I'm running to it. Let's say I'm dwelling on it. Once I've got it in my heart and mind and I'm chewing on the truths of God's word, what do I actually do with it? Well, I think you do two things. You confess what it convicts you of and you believe what it promises you. You confess what it convicts and you believe what it promises. The great reformer Martin Luther said this about God's word. He said, the Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet, it runs after me, it has hands, it lays hold of me. Meaning, God's truth, whenever you encounter it, God's truth, whenever you encounter it, is trying to accomplish something in you. We talked about this last week. It is trying to draw you closer to him so that you don't just get knowledge about the Bible, you actually have an encounter with the God of the Bible. The things that it tells you to do are meant to not only guide you, but ultimately to convict you to show you your struggles, to let you see yourself honestly in a mirror and know of your need for grace. And so as you, as you run to and dwell on God's word, 
confess the things that it convicts you of. Don't just turn the page and ignore it. Don't rationalize it and say, well, if God really understood why I struggle with this, he would be totally understanding. Just confess it. If you read it and you think, man, I'm, I'm a liar, confess it. If you read it and you think, I'm a cheat, confess it. If you read it and think you lack faith, confess it. If you read it and think that you've been unfaithful to a friend or a spouse, confess it. Confess it. If you read Jesus' standard of what it means to hate other people, that it's really murder. And if you read that and you're convicted that, man, I hate a lot of people. I'm a serial killer. Confess it. Own it. Own it. Confess what it convicts you of. Ooh, that'll do a work in you. But believe what it promises you. These two things go together. As you run to it and dwell on it, believe what it promises you and what it's trying to get you to grasp and believe every single time you encounter it, whether you're reading or you're listening, whatever it is, is trying to get you to believe that Jesus is greater than all your sins and all your struggles and all your issues. Like in Psalm 1, there's a promise of Jesus. Jesus is the fulfillment of Psalm 1. Psalm 1 talks about this man who is blessed because he delights in the will of God and he's planted like a tree and the wicked will not stand. Well, Jesus is the most blessed one who's ever lived because he delighted in the word and will of the Father greater than anyone ever has and God exalted him to the highest place. Yes, he went to a cross. Yes, he went to a grave, but he rose up and his trajectory was not ultimately down but up and exalted to the highest place at the right hand of the Father, the name above all names. He is the most blessed man who ever lived, delighted in the will and the words of God, and God exalted him to the highest place. He was perfectly obedient. And he did it all for you. But the second half of the psalm talks about what happens to the wicked, the people who refuse to run to and delight in and dwell on God's word. And what happened to Jesus is he was also punished as though he was the sinner, as though he was the wicked, as though he was the scoffer. It talks about the scoffer being blown away in the wind like dry grass. That's what happened to Jesus in his death on the cross and being buried in the grave. He, he was treated as though he was a sinner. He was given all the punishment that that deserves. He was treated like the wicked so that you could be forgiven. And every time you read the scriptures, what the Spirit is trying to work in you is, is to draw you towards a belief in the promise that Jesus is the fulfillment of it all. And in Psalm 1, he's the one who is obedient to cover over your disobedience. And he was the one who was punished like he was wicked to take your place. Jesus is the fulfillment of it all, and he did it all for you. And now, no matter what the word convicts you of, it has no claim on you because of Jesus Christ. Believe that promise every time you open the word. It's trying to convict you. Confess it. Own it. But then draw you to Jesus and believe it. And be changed by it. And when you do that, when you run to and you wrestle with and you delight in and you dwell on God's word and you let it become a song that's in your heart and your mind and you believe the things it convicts you of and you believe the promises of Jesus, that's when the transformation into the blessed person starts to occur and it takes root in you. As you dwell on God's word, there's two questions I think you should ask every time you approach it. These might be helpful to you. You might want to jot them down. The first question is this, what struggle does this convict me of? 
And the second is this, what promise of Christ does it point me to? Two useful questions as you, as you run to delight in, dwell in, meditate on God's word. Well, now, now we get to the good part. This is the part I know you've been waiting for. Because the promise at the beginning is that you can achieve the blessed life by being rooted in God's word. So, if we delight in and we dwell in God's word, what is the blessing that I received? I'm so glad that you asked. Are you ready for it? I know some of you are like, is it money? Like, I don't need a lot of money, just enough to like take a nice vacation to make my coworkers jealous. Is it, is it better behaved kids? Because like, I love my kids, but they're, they kind of take after their mom. Is it less illness? Is it a Tesla? Tell me it's a Tesla. The kind that have the doors that open like this, looks like it's going to fly away. What is the blessing I get for dwelling in God's word? Again, I'm so glad you asked. Are you ready for it? Psalm 1 gives us the answer. The blessed person, the blessed person becomes, becomes a tree. Don't look so excited. Some trees are amazing. Some trees are amazing. It's a really great promise. It really is. Some trees are unbelievable. There's one tree that I went to. I have a picture of it. It's called the Angel Oak in South Carolina. Have you ever been there? It's incredible. It's, it's hundreds of years old. It's weathered dozens of storms coming off the ocean, and yet it survived. Its canopy is massive. Its greenery is bright. Its roots are deep. Its branches are long. It's an incredible tree. God's promise is that that's who you, who delight in his word, who meditate on his law, that's what you become. Look at verse 3. Psalm 1, verse 3. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. This is what the scriptures are promising to you. That as you delight in and dwell upon God's word, you are deeply rooted in something that gives you life. And it makes you strong. And it gives you peace. And it makes you fruitful in the things that really matter. In other words, it gives you purpose that is clear. You become a tree. You can weather the storms around you and stay standing, growing towards the sun and being fruitful in your own season. Deeply rooted, able to withstand a storm, full of peace, life, strength, and purpose, peace, life, strength, and purpose. And, and friends, I know that you are not excited about a tree, but don't you know that peace, life, strength, and purpose, those are the things that everybody in the world is clamoring after. They, they may not be able to articulate it, but that's what everybody wants. They want a sense of peace. They want to be filled with life. Nobody wants to die. They want strength in the face of life's difficulties. And they want to know that their life has meaning and purpose, that there's a point to this whole thing. And you have that. You have that. Who are deeply rooted in the word of God. That's what you get. And that, that is the blessed life. It is. You know, the world is full of, of wild claims. 
But one of the funniest ones that I found was that in, in 2014, Red Bull, the energy drink maker, they were sued for false advertising because of their famous slogan. You probably know it. Red Bull gives you wings or a headache if you drink too much of it. Red Bull gives you wings. Someone sued them, and this was their statement. This was in their lawsuit. They said, after 10 years of drinking your product, I have not developed wings, nor have I grown in my physical and mental capabilities. Red Bull settled out of court for $13 million. The world is crazy. The world is full of wild claims, and the Bible is full of some big claims, too. But it just so happens that the ones in the Scriptures are true. You can become a person who's rooted in blessedness and a blessed person yourself. Earlier this week, I saw an image, a, a video rather, of, of a family that to me looks a lot like the tree that's described in Psalm 1. It was a Ukrainian family gathered around a table, a Christian home, gathered around their table as bombs dropped outside of their apartment complex to sing a hymn of praise and trust in Jesus Christ. If you missed it, it was beautiful. Take a look at just a snippet of it right here. The world will break you down. The word builds you up. Everybody delights in something. The question is, will it break you down or will it build you up? Will it leave you on the ground in the end with empty hands? Or will it root you deeply in something that gives you peace? Allows you to sustain in any storm? To be green no matter the weather? To be filled with peace? To be growing towards the sun? and to be flowering with purpose no matter what comes your way. The world can't do that. But the word can. It's a crazy promise. But it just so happens to be true. We pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that you give us your word, that you do not leave us in this life to simply believe, but you give us words to hold on to and to be changed by. Create in us a desire to delight in something other than the wisdom and the frivolous things of this world. Give us a desire to make space in our heart and mind to dwell on, to meditate on the truths of your scriptures. As we read it, as we listen to it, as we study it in some way, shape, or form, may something of your truth stand out to us and may it be on our lips and in our minds stirring in us deeply. Help us to confess what it convicts and to believe what it promises us about Jesus and in the process to be transformed into this blessed person who is full of peace, who is strong in the storms, who bears fruit and knows its purpose. Help us to be that person, to be those people, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.